You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Sixers fans. Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Lots to cover in this one before Philly resumes its road trip, taking on Charlotte for a second straight game. They'll do that on Wednesday night. But before I jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com, where Paul, Jackson, Seamus, Steve, everybody there, the entire team will have you covered for all things related to the Sixers. So, not a ton of movement on the Ben Simmons front in terms of any more reports of him having a conniption and wanting to uh, get traded immediately. But we're starting to get some more word around the NBA about teams that are looking like they might implode sooner than later. Uh, the Athletic Sham Sharania released a report this morning focusing on the Indiana Pacers and how they're looking to blow things up, uh, taking trade calls on Karis LeVert. DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, three very good players in their own right. But you're looking at this for a 10 and 16 Pacer squad that looks to be, you know, not even a, a contender to be, a, you know, a legit playoff contender, but in terms of being a play in contender, but nothing more at this point. And they got some heavy money on their books as well. So looking to kind of start fresh there. Do any of those names excite you? I mean, I like Karis Levert's game a lot. Unfortunately, hasn't been healthy a whole you know, ton throughout his career. You're looking at it. He's never played more than 72 games throughout his career, only suited up in 18 so far this season. He is putting up 14.9 points and uh, 2.9 dimes per game. But uh, again, doesn't really move the needle for the, for the Sixers, a, a team that again, at this point looks one move away from being a legit championship contender. I still think it's Brooklyn and Milwaukee at the top of the East as things are. And then you'll have Philly, Chicago, Miami in that next year. But as we've seen, when the Sixers are at full strength, especially early in the season when Joel Embiid was, was still on the court, we didn't have to deal with all the COVID outbreaks, the, the injuries. The team was 8-2, and two, and they looked like they were humming along. Unfortunately, got ravaged by the health and safety protocols, lost some key guys to injury in terms of Seth Curry, Tobias Harris. We've seen Tyrese Maxey miss some time. So, you know, it hasn't been easy for the Sixers throughout the early part of the season, um, still managing to at least get some wins along the way. And I, I still want to see how the Sixers will respond now that they got everybody back. They did finally get a couple of days off over the weekend because they've played a, a hectic schedule. A lot of three and four nights that are doing that this week, uh, playing Wednesday and Thursday. They'll do that again next week. So you're looking at this and thinking, okay, the Sixers will hopefully get some time to gel as we get into the new year and go on a bit of a run. They're only three and a half games out of the top spot in the Eastern Conference. So it's not like, you know, even though they did have that poor stretch uh, where they lost nine of 11, still at that point, 
you know, right there and they give themselves enough of a cushion to withstand having a stretch like that. But again, looking at the, what the Pacers can offer, I, I really like DeMontis Sabonis' game. I love Miles Turner's games, but they're not going to be good fits next to a guy who's an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid. And we saw just how good Joel is when he tore up the Hornets on Monday and doesn't need another big man with him. We've seen that that partnership doesn't work. He needs space. Uh, Sabonis would provide that Turner can shoot from the outside. But again, I, I don't see a fit there, whether Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers see something else, you know, that's obviously up to them. And if they feel like they want to make a run at that, I don't think a, a Ben Simmons trade would just be, you know, Sabonis plus, you know, another player. I think the Pacers would have to give up some, some assets there too. So, um, looking at this from a Sixers perspective, a lot of good players on Indy, a lot of players that would help the rotation for sure. I think Sabonis and, and Turner, like I said, are, are, are very, very good players in their own right, but are they going to be fits next to Joel? And I think, you know, the, that question has already been answered when we've seen some of the previous partners, um, the Sixers have tried lining up to Joel as traditional power forwards. Another team now that is imploding is the Portland Trailblazers. The other uh, big-time NBA insider, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, also released a report this morning talking about how Damian Lillard wants to sign a two-year, $107 million extension in July. That would make him the highest-played player in the league, uh, just over $50 million per season. But you look at the age and how those would line up, he would get $51 million at 35 $55 million at 36 Uh Not something I, I think the... The Blazers are eager to do at this point, just given what they have around him and their lack of assets to really bring in anybody meaningful. Uh, Neil O'Shea is obviously out there. So the Blazers are going through turnover in their front office. They've dealing with the death of their owner recently and Paul Allen. Uh, there's some question around whether his wife plans to keep or sell the team. So there's a lot of change happening in Portland. And when you're looking at it from Lillard's perspective, and this is a direct quote from Woj's piece, he said that Lillard and his camp have been thwarted on leverage plays. Jason Kidd as coach, trading CJ McCollum, and four first-round picks for Ben Simmons. Most of all, they lost confidence that the Blazers had a top basketball executive and ownership willing to give Lillard the highest single-season pay in league history at $55.3 million in 2027. So obviously the interesting part there from a Philly perspective is... Lillard and his camp, instead of saying, maybe I wanted to go to Philly in exchange for Ben Simmons, we're saying trade CJ McCollum, uh, bring in four first round picks and, and make that deal happen. Would that make the Blazers a legitimate championship contender? Probably not. I think as constructed, they're another squad that's looking at a, a play in position. Uh, currently Lillard is out. He's been injured. The Blazers have lost three in a row. They're 11 and 14, hanging on to the 10th spot, only half a game up on Sacramento. Another team that's been mentioned that might be looking at changes if it continues its trend and we might see De'Aaron Fox shipped out. So again, looking at that Blazers option, I don't think that moves the needle for Portland. It might satisfy Dame to keep him there a little bit longer. Ben Simmons, as we know, can play depending on the circumstances and what you need him doing. But I think he would be a huge upgrade for Portland's defensive issues. He would be an upgrade in terms of having an extra playmaker next to Ben doesn't are next to part of me, Damian Lillard, but doesn't give him a whole lot in terms of scoring, which CJ McCollum does bring, but, but I'm sure that the trailblazers are confident that they can make up for that. Cause if you're looking at McCollum's numbers, he's averaging over 20 points per game so far this season also puts up just over four rebounds and four assists. So, I mean, uh, an effective player, an effective scorer, 
But again, for the Sixers, does that move the needle? And it seems like Daryl Morey's position on this whole thing the entire time has been that he wants to get a star level player in return or a ton of future assets in terms of first round picks and pick swaps that he could look at maybe repackaging if another star becomes available at some point. And we've also heard Daryl say that he's willing to sit out the all four years and let Ben sit there for the four remaining four years on his contract. So I don't, I don't think a CJ McCollum deal again, moves the needle and you can get Anthony Simons in that you can get a, a first round pick, whatever it is, the four first round picks I'd have to think about. But if you're looking at this again, from a Sixers perspective, where do you pull the trigger? At what point in the season, if you're going to, and you're looking at what you have in Joel Embiid in terms of having this guy who is at the top of his game, shown that he is capable of being an MVP type player, where do you draw the line on your stance and say, all right, we just need to make a deal here that makes our team a championship contender? Because the Sixers, as constructed, are a playoff team, no doubt in my mind, but are they going to be able to get to the conference finals with Milwaukee, with Brooklyn in the way? That remains to be seen, but I, I still think talent-wise, the Sixers are a notch below that. And so they need to add somebody who's going to have a meaningful impact, or they could also look at the other route and say, we're just going to have a ton of depth and try and beat you with what we have. But the creation off the top, although Tyrese Maxey has been wonderful over the past few weeks, they still need somebody there, somebody to stabilize the second unit, and you can never have enough shooting. And I th still think there are some weaknesses, and you're looking at that Portland team that has Robert Covington there as well, a little bit long in the tooth now. Uh, obviously had his time in Philly and, and, and played pretty damn well. But looking at this uh, again, from Daryl Morey's perspective, um, it's going to be tough. And, and Woj also mentions that, that Philadelphia did make an offer uh, for Damian Lillard earlier, but obviously were rebuffed by Portland and Neil Olshay at that time. So this is another situation to keep an eye on. I'm going to have Dave Deckard of Blazers Edge, our sister site at SB Nation on the podcast on Wednesday, uh, kind of getting a deep dive into, into what might be happening there happening there in Portland. But again, looking at this for, from a Sixers perspective, tough to see anything but a trade for Lillard really check the boxes that Daryl Morey is looking for. And as I mentioned earlier, the Sacramento Kings, if they lose four or five in a row and, and end up falling back even further in the, in the play-in race, is that a team that looks at making changes? Monty McNair has the obvious connection to Daryl Morey. They spent time together in Houston. De'Aaron Fox is a guy that could be available that would check a lot of boxes as well in terms of being an all-star level talent, not the greatest three-point shooter, but can definitely create off the top, can score in crunch time. He was one of the best fourth quarter scorers in the league last season. So looking at what De'Aaron Fox could bring, I think that deal would make sense. But CJ McCollum plus a youngster plus maybe a pick or two doesn't move the needle, in my opinion, for the Sixers. And, and ultimately what the goal is, is to build a championship team around a guy who's in the prime of his career and is an MVP candidate, has had injury history, so you don't know what his body's going to work like. Obviously, as a big man, tougher to stay healthy as you get later in your career. So Philly's really got to try and take advantage of that. I'm not suggesting that Maury makes a short-sighted trade in order just to get rid of Ben if he truly believes that Simmons is going to bring a, a boatload of assets back or a star-level player. He's still got time to work with. The, the trade deadline's not until February 10th, so you still have you know, a couple of months there and let kind of this stuff all marinate and play out. But let me know what you think. You can hit me on Twitter at jazzkang21. That's J-A-S-K-A-N-G 21. Like I mentioned, 
I'll have Dave Deckard of Blazers Edge. He covers Portland, uh, has been doing it for many years. So we'll get his take on, on what's going on with the Blazers there. And also I'll be back with a post-game recap of the Sixers matchup against the Hornets. Me and Jackson Frank will be on that as well. That'll do it for this episode. We'll catch up with you all next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.